This is Zips Unlimited, a show about the University of Akron, its programs, its people, and its community. Zips Unlimited is produced by WZIP-FM. Thank you so much for joining us today to listen to us here at Zips Unlimited. I am David Penta, joined today by the director of the Bliss Institute, Dr. Sherry Strawn. How are you doing? Pretty good. I am doing pretty fantastic with you know good Ohio weather. We're here to talk about the Bliss Institute, and since you are the director of the Bliss Institute, I figured that there's no one really better to talk to, uh, and also a few other topics uh, related to politics in general. Just a, a quick overview of what's going on today and how Bliss Institute is uh, doing their part in educating those around us, including students like myself, future students as well. So any high school kids listening or maybe somebody who knows someone that would be interested, you don't have to necessarily be a high school kid to be interested in the Bliss Institute. Uh, I have a few friends who are who are older, a few, few cousins actually that uh, are participating in the Bliss Institute and the resources that they have available. So let's start just trying to jump right into it. As an alumni uh, at the University of Akron and uh, as a, as a person who utilized the Bliss Institute when you were uh, pursuing your education and now the director of the Bliss Institute, how does it feel to be a part of this? And what does this institution really mean for you? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled to be back at the University of Akron. I did my um, master's degree. I'm not from Ohio, but I came specifically. I was referred specifically to come and earn my master's of applied politics um, at, uh, because of the Bliss Institute at the University of Akron. And I earned that degree in 94. And then most of our students who earn the Masters of Applied Politics, one of three, by the way, applied politics programs in the entire United States, were the only one at an affordable institution, regional public, in, and the only one in the Midwest. The other two are in DC. Um, and so um, most of our students go on from that program to work in applied politics. Like they, they have jobs that make the mechanisms of democracy function in campaigns, in the legislatures, in government affairs. And I'm just one of the handful that decided, um, I found out that you could um, you know, get funding to go on for a PhD and that <laughs> I could read books for a living and, and work with young people for the rest of my life for a living. And so I'm one of the handful that went on and got a PhD. Um, two years ago when I realized that I could apply for a job to come back and replace um, the emeritus director now, John Green, um, who'd been here for 35 years and was my advisor and mentor, um, I couldn't resist um, applying for that job and um, you know, having the opportunity to, to keep this legacy um, an important institution moving forward, and it and it all worked out. So here <laughs> I am. Congratulations! It's really years in the making for you. It is. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I've come home. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome, actually. Um, so, how might students or, or future students really take advantage of the Bliss Institute? I, I know people who who are political science majors and yep. kind of delve into that world. Me slightly. I, I'm only minoring in American politics, so it's not not something I'm uh, super I'll, focused on. I'll take yet. the minor. That's okay. Yes. We'll take it. We'll take it. Um, how how might students really take advantage of the Bliss Institute? What does it offer for those those kinds of people? Absolutely. So um, just as a little background, um, we were um, founded through an endowment by Racy Bliss. Bliss was an alum. Um, who went on to have a career in applied politics and, you know, sort of the culmination of his, um, his, all of his experiences in Ohio led him to be chair of the Republican National Committee. Um, and when he, um, uh, you know, with part of his estate after he passed away, he, they endowed the, um, uh, the Bliss Institute. Well, what 
what Ray Bliss cared about was experiential learning, the, the experiential learning, the hands-on experiences that he got as a student at UA, but then also got right when he was out working in the community. And so we are dedicated to promoting civic and political participation through hands-on experiential learning. And so, you know, what that means for the kinds of experiences that we offer um, to both community members um, and, and students is opportunities to hone those skills that enable them to be effective. Um, uh, we, um, uh, for example, have funded internship opportunities. Um, so we provide funding for interns. If it's a political internship, you have to register for credit and be doing right. it under the auspices of the University of Akron. Um, but if it falls under our purview of a political internship, um, we provide funding. Um, we offer um, certificates in applied politics at the undergraduate level. Um, we have a few certificates at the graduate level, but we also have, as I mentioned, the degree that I earned, which is a master's of applied politics. Um, and so one of the things that we do for that master's of applied politics is the institute hires professors of practice. So we hire people to supplement our traditional political science course offerings, um, and we hire people who are out in the field you know, doing digital strategy, out in the field doing voter contact, out in the field running campaigns, or you know, working in various places in Columbus and DC. Um, and they teach some of our classes. And you know, because of Bliss's concern, right, um, that, that we would be fully preparing people to step in and you know, make campaigns work, right? Make elections function um, and keep those mechanisms of democracy fully staffed. Um, we provide those kinds of experiences for our students. Right. Fan fantastic. Really, it sounds like a pretty established institution to really kind of uh, accelerate students' learning and get them, like you mentioned, hands-on. Mm -hmm. um, with internships, what kind of opportunities do you mean specifically, like working on campaigns, for example? We have, the, we have a, a wide array of, mm -hmm. um, of where we'll place interns, and we rely on the political science department to help us place those interns. Um, you know, everything from... Um, you know, lots and lots of um, people that work on campaigns or work in campaign staff, but there's also staff positions, internship positions in um, uh, state legislators' offices, staff positions uh, and internship positions in members of Congress, mm. you know, senators' offices. Um, we also um, have students that work uh, in government affairs, so for organizations that need a lobbyist, basically, right? right? <laughs> that, that need to have a presence and need to track legislation and need to promote, you know, particular pieces of legislation. So we'll have students in government affairs offices. Um, we have students who um, are more interested in judicial internships. Um, so, you know, what we consider to be political is pretty, pretty broad as mm -hmm. long as you're connected to those um, those kinds of placements where you know you're leveraging that knowledge of the political system, right? A lot of uh, a, a very broad sense of interest is kind of attracted to to mm -hmm. these internships, these programs. Uh, I was curious on the uh, social media's role in our politics. To kind of jump from there, we uh, with the rise of you know TikTok and, and Instagram Reels and all these all this short form content. How might students utilize social media within the Bliss Institute or maybe within these internships or these programs that we have available uh, within our politics. I noticed that a lot of our politics is very centered around social media. Presidents have Facebook pages and Twitter feeds and, and all these things that uh, started, I, I believe, with the Obama administration. I believe he was the first to really utilize social media uh, to gather that kind of young vote. Um, 
how are students learning about social media through politics today? What what are they what are they teaching over there? I guess. Sure. Well, uh, because it's so hard to keep up. Yes, right with yeah. with the changing technology. I mean, I worked in campaigns years ago when I was a master's student here. It's been it's been a minute, um, and so uh, that's why we hire consultants, right? Mm -hmm. That are you know people that are working on campaigns that specialize that right. specialize in that. So we do have a class on digital strategy, um, but I would just say I mean, we actually just had an alumni panel with a fairly recent alum who basically told our students like, do you know how to use TikTok? Yes, uh, yeah. Do you know how to, you know, do you know how to tweet and be funny on <laughs> social media? Because many people who are running for office um, don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and that those are actually um, marketable skills. Mm -hmm. um, and, a, and a big chunk of her job now as an alum is handling those pieces of um, the, the campaign or the advocacy campaign for candidates or other um, agencies is handling that digital aspect, the social media aspect of the campaign. So there's lots of opportunities to leverage, right, familiarity with that type of communication technology um, and turn it into um, turn it into a job. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I noticed that a lot of political analysts, uh, well, they credit social media to really kind of be this this basis for influence. And a lot of political analysts I see, they also talk about how. Uh, the Republican Party is lacking a lot of diversity and in its social media presence. I think that there's a lot of, uh, I think what they're trying to say is that there's a lot of never Trumpers and then there's a lot of, of other crowds of people that uh, are, are unguided, I guess is the word uh, to use. Is that lack of diversity true? Am I, am I, is this correct? Am I assuming too much? And does this impact our, our politics? Is, does having less diversity mean there's a more focused vision? Um. I, I, well, I, I guess I could say um, right now, this is not always the case. Mm -hmm. um, right now, young people in the United States are um, statistically tend, not all young people, but statistically tend to um, identify more if, if they're going to select a party identification. Young people right now are trending toward the Democratic Party. You know, when I was young, eighteen, uh, 1980s, 1880s, no, that would be <laughs> awful. Um, in the in the 80s and early 90s, it was trending the other way, sure. right? So, um, and and the younger population in the United States right now tends to be more diverse, right? So, if we look at um, if we just look at demographic trends, right? Young people in the United States, those younger Gen Z millennial populations, are more diverse than older generations for a whole host of reasons. Um, and so that is, you know, giving a little bit of a skew. The Republican Party just right now, not these are not permanent trends, um, tends to be a little bit older. And because of that, um, a little bit more white. Um, other, other reasons, too, about, um, you know, how people have oriented toward the parties over specific issues, um, you know, over the past couple of decades. Um, so uh, I, don't, I don't think it's unfair, right, to mm -hmm. say that because of those demographic trends, um, there is more diversity right now in the Democratic Party. Sure, yeah. Uh, I noticed you mentioned the term applied politics. What exactly do you mean by applied politics? So, you know, when I teach a class, <laughs> I'm a straight-up political scientist. I have not done, <laughs> other than volunteer work, right, or, or you know, helping, and, and my volunteer work at this point as director is nonpartisan, right? Like, so, um, voter registration drives, nonpartisan sort of efforts. Aside from those sort of um, that kind of volunteer work, I haven't worked on campaigns or you know worked to you know to promote an issue or anything like that in literally decades. <laughs> <laughs> so when you take a class from me, what is my expertise is a is a higher level look um, at 
you know, what are the trends? Um, what are the, um, you know, what are the, the influences on uh, voting trends? What are the influences on participation? Um, I, my research, a lot of my research is about youth political participation and women and political participation um, and how to cultivate, you know, what do we know as political scientists about how to cultivate um, good public spirited participation and how to encourage people to, you know, step up and run for office or participate and pay attention to politics and vote. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm teaching from the fact that I have reams of books and reams of research that I've read, and I know a lot of things sort of from an, a larger overview, right, about the political process. But if, if you put me in a campaign and say, you know, develop our, you know, develop our digital communication <laughs> strategy, I'm going to be like, I, I probably don't know how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I could read you a book about it or tell you what the effects of that kind of communication technology might be, right? Um, but actually doing that applied work um, is not my area of expertise, right? Sure. And so that's what we rely on help, right? Um, Consultants from and professors of practice. That's right. what we rely on them for. Fantastic. We do see a lot of protest worthy issues often, unfortunately, do fall within party lines. Uh, I, for example, right now what's going on, I believe issue one is, is huge. I see signs all over and uh, it always kind of tends to fall on those party lines where we see, you know, Democrat versus Republican. It kind of becomes a big fist fight, uh, almost a digital fist fight, if you will. Is there a, a any kind of courses or any any material that you guys are, are teaching over at the Bliss Institute that analyze this this dynamic? Oh sure, <laughs> um, I'm uh, I am teaching um, a class in the spring called um, Deliberation and Political Disagreement. Oh, fantastic! Um, one area of my research is civility and deliberation, um, as which is also counterbalanced by which is a deep trend and an important trend in democracy, which is counterbalanced by disruptive. Um, or nonviolent um, civil disobedience and protest, right? One is what you need to do to govern, but but many people wouldn't have access to the right to vote or full citizenship if it hadn't been for disruption, mm -hmm. right? Um, so what I'm focusing on this spring in that class is the deliberation and civility piece, um, and so you know um, we will we will learn different. Um, mechanisms to facilitate deliberation. We'll talk about what civility means um, and you know how scholars have thought about civility and why it's important and why deliberation is the cornerstone of decision making, right? Respect for legitimate opposition and needing to listen and, and needing to, even if you disagree, understand where other people are coming from mm -hmm. so that you can craft policy or move forward and not be gridlocked. Um, that's what we're gonna do all semester. So we'll do some reading practice deliberation, we'll nice. do some reading, change the format, change the rules, um, and do some deliberation. And that's what we're going to do for the whole the whole semester. Fantastic. That it really sounds honestly like a very educational program, a very uh, useful program, I think, for everybody, regardless if you're a, a political yeah. science major it, or not. It not only helps politics, it helps Christmas dinner. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess my last question for you today, how might a future student, uh, pretend I'm a high schooler, for example, and I, I'm super interested in politics. I follow all these uh, these activism programs on, on social media, for example. How might I get in contact with the Bliss Institute and utilize your guys' resources at the University of Akron? Absolutely. Um, we, we're happy, both, um, both myself as the director of the Bliss Institute or advising in the political science department. You know, we're happy. I actually just did an interview with a high school student um, 
not too long ago for a classroom project about thinking about some, you know, she wanted to think about um, going on and being a professor, mm. right, in specifically in political science and what that career entails. I did an interview with her so she could do her, um, uh, uh, like a semester project, sure. right, a yeah. career project. Um, and so um, we're happy to have those conversations with people. Um, I'm available, like, so you can just Google the Bliss Institute at the University of Akron, you know, just find us. Um, and then you'll see contact information. You can send me an email. You can send my support staff, Kim Haverkamp, who's also on the webpage, an email. Um, and it, but if you're, le if you're interested in other things that, um, you know, Bliss collaborates with political science quite closely, um, and so if you're interested in other kinds of degrees or thinking about a political science major or thinking about going to uh, using the con law classes to go to law school, um, there are faculty and advisors who would absolutely be happy to um, explain what those classes and what those programs look like. Right. And you guys... Uh, show up to quite a few events, uh, correct, right? I think I saw in your annual r report some of the, a summary, actually, of some of the events that you guys have participated in. So I think, should I, should I say that maybe students or potential students can find you at those? Absolutely. We try to participate um, uh, or attend, for example, when there are, we try to have a presence and encourage our grad students and, and some of our undergrads to go. We have election night watch parties. Um, anytime there's um, uh, a, a local debate, um, we try to have a presence. For example, we were just at the um, two of my grad students for the timekeepers wow. for the the um, it was the school school board candidates mm -hmm. debate sponsored by the Akron Press Club. Um, so we were there. Um, you know, last uh, last year um, with um, the mayoral race, we were present at all those debates sponsored by the Akron Press Club, um, who we partner with quite a bit. Um, uh, to make sure that our students were there mm -hmm. and, and actually seeing those debates happen and, you know, helping people in their communities make good decisions. Right, that, and that hands-on, this mm -hmm. is what it, politics looks like mm -hmm. kind, of, kind of scenario. Yeah, if you're going to advise candidates about how to participate in debates, Better you, should, know. you should probably watch a few of them. Yes, you should probably be <laughs> present for a handful. <laughs> you're correct, yes. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Zips Unlimited. Uh, my name is David Penta. Again, I'm joined by the fantastic Dr. Sherry Strawn, the director of the Bliss Institute. If you want to reach out to the Bliss Institute and use those resources, like she said, look up their website. They, they actually have a Facebook page where you can see a summary of all the events that they've been to. I checked it out a few days ago myself to see, oh, I was at that one. I might have seen them there. I didn't notice. And I believe you can actually see some of their upcoming events. If there's anything political going on locally here at Akron, I'm sure that they'll be there. Thank you so much for listening. Zips Unlimited can be heard each Saturday at noon on 88.1 WZIP-FM. Z-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88